The Geotechnical Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. In this episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast, I'll be talking with Anthony Fasano, PE, who is the founder of the Engineering Management Institute. We've had so many great guests on the podcast before, and we've learned so much from them. And in this episode, we want to highlight and recap some of the wisdom shared by these guests. And also, we want to talk about the future of the show. I'm your host, Jared Green, and this is the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast, a podcast focused on helping geotechnical engineers stay up to date with technical trends in the field. And with that, let's jump right into today's episode. Anthony, welcome to the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. Great to see you, man. Hey, Jared, it's good to be back. It's probably more than a year that I contacted you and said, hey, Jared, you want to host a podcast? Yeah. So you got to be careful what you say yes to. It's like, look what's happened since then, right? That's right. It's been uh, you know, quite a few episodes here. And the first episode I remember was interviewing you to kind of get you going, get you started off, and then learn a little bit about your career as a geotech and then kind of hand it over. And you've really run with it. You've got over 30 episodes now. You've interviewed quite a few people. And I'm happy that you're letting me come back on here and pick your brain a little bit. I want to pick your brain for your audience to see what your experience has been like. What do you think about that? That's fine. It'll be different. I'm like, I'm used to asking the questions. I get the answer. So I'm in answering mode. So I'm going to recalibrate here, right? (laughs) You get a little bit of a a day off in terms of, you know, having an interview, but really just in general, hosting a podcast is obviously something that I think a lot of engineers haven't done. And, you know, it's something that I asked you about, obviously, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. My wife had the chance to get to work with you and I knew you'd be perfect person to do this. Just talk about how it's been. I mean, you know, the idea of doing this and then you committed to it and then how it's kind of gone. How's it been over the last year? You know, I kind of said in jest, be careful what you say yes to. But the reality is that I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into saying yes to hosting a podcast. Absolutely no idea. It's been a lot of fun. And I can say that one of the biggest surprises for me is just the extent and the reach. I mean, I talk to people at Geotech conferences and I hear, oh, I listen to the podcast and I really like this episode with XYZ. And I'm like, wow, people really listen, right? <laughs> and then I talk to clients sometimes that have listened to an episode about you know a specific aspect of what we talked about, dewatering or something like that. And yeah, it ended up on your podcast. I'm like, how is that possible? See, I don't understand all the algorithm and how people end up where they end up, but that's been pretty fun to experience. And I've always, like when you first asked me, I've been big on giving back. You know, How can I give back to the community? How can I give back to the engineering community? How can I give back to the STEM and STEAM community? And I think that hosting a podcast has definitely been instrumental for that. So I'm thankful for that opportunity. I like to have fun. So for whatever reason, it's been fun to just talk to people. It's funny because I didn't put it together until just a few minutes ago when you said, you know, be careful what you say yes to. I remember that you and I ran into each other at an ACC conference a few years ago. Oh my goodness, you're right. And I had my equipment on me, of course. And I said, you know, could we do a quick video? And I asked you like, what's like big piece of career advice you would offer to engineers? And I remember you said saying yes to opportunities or saying yes to things when I come at you. I didn't ask you to host because of that. I just remembered that right now. 
<laughs> you took your own advice right there. You said yes to the podcast. And you know what? That last point you made, I think is really important. I think we live in a world today where, especially if you're in like the private consulting world where you're working a lot of hours, it's, you know, it can be very high stress work and you don't get to have conversations with people. And I found that myself too, through like the civil engineering podcast. It's just an opportunity to have like a little bit deeper conversations. Like when would you have like a half an hour conversation with someone very rarely, but on the podcast, you get to dive into some topics and it helps you to really build relationships. And I'm sure for you that you've seen, and I've seen this, just it helps you with some of your own communication skills. Oh, definitely. You know, I think about personality types. I'm usually one that sits quietly, kind of takes in and processes, right? So like if you're at presentation and somebody's talking, say any questions, I rarely would be the one to raise my hand with a question, right? Because I'm like the shy engineer. After the hosting the podcast, it's like you ask questions and you hear someone's response and then you, you probe a little more. So now I find that when I'm somewhere and somebody's talking, I always have a question. So I don't know if, if it's from practice, but I think that having these conversations is good, especially as an engineer, having these conversations is good. Meeting different people is good. And I'd say that for myself, especially with the whole pandemic and not going places when we were kind of working, I mean, we're still transitioning back into offices, but when we were truly just working from home, the podcast was a way for me to just talk to people. You know, <laughs> That was very helpful. The timing was very helpful. And now that even we're going back into offices, I can envision there's a time where we're going to conferences and we're having those conversations and those end up as content on podcasts as well. So something to look forward to. It's a great skill building activity. And for those of you out there listening, first of all, you can certainly start a podcast. It's very simple to do. It doesn't have to be engineering related either. It could be a hobby related, sport related, anything that you want, you can go out there and you can do it. And it'll help you build, I believe, communication skills that'll help you in your career. But also what I think is great about it is you can do this in other ways. Like if you are a volunteer in an association, you could facilitate a webinar. You know, you can host a webinar. You can get more involved in like connecting and talking with people, which just polishes your skills. And I think that sometimes we take for granted how doing things like that can have a major positive impact on our careers. And we need to push ourselves to do that. You know, Jared made the decision to give it a shot. The podcast has gone very well. But it would have been easy for him to say too, like, I'm busy, like, I can't do this right now. But he, you know, I know a couple of people that maybe could try it. So he tried. I mean, like I said, he took his own advice in a sense and he took the opportunity. So with that being said, I'm going to bounce a couple of the episodes and guests off of you, Jared, and see if you had any memories from those. I mean, there were certainly some, I think all these episodes, each one of them had have different value points in them. Some of them were very technical that were interesting. Some of them were more professional development related. I kind of just went through them myself and picked out some of the ones that I thought stood out that I wanted to bounce off of you. In. And looking way back, believe it or not, your first interview episode after the one that you and I did, you spoke with Guna, the American Society of Civil Engineers. He was the national president at the time, senior VP at AECOM. He was very gracious with his time. Is there something that stood out for you from your conversation with him that you might remember? I was fascinated that we would start there, right? <laughs> it's like, wait, this is the president of ASC? How's this going to work? But I think for me, just how personable he was, you know, he, big exec, climbed a ladder. He was leading ASCE, but he was very personal. What I really appreciated is that, you know, number one, he was transparent and he really made it seem as though it is okay to not know what it is you want to do professionally. Not everybody's born saying they want to be an engineer and they're going to just be an engineer. You can kind of figure things out and let life kind of show you where you can end up. I appreciated that. 
And I also appreciated that he did take time to really talk us through where he came from, how he got to where he was, and what he's been working on from a technical standpoint. I talked to a lot of people that have uh, interacted with him in person or have worked with him after that episode, and they're like, yeah, that's Guna. Yeah, you're right. And someone who's such a high-level executive, someone who was the president of AC, someone who's obviously has a lot of things going on and a lot of demands on his time. Like you said, he was personable. He was transparent. He was getting back and forth with us on scheduling the episode. He wanted to do it. And really, it's great to see that because you know you see people that volunteer and get out there like Guna and do what he did. And when you get to talk to them in a conversation like you had, you see like what those people are all about, the reason that they give their time back. I mean, ASCE national president is a tremendous amount. I mean, it's basically a job for all intents and purposes. I mean, the amount of traveling they do and the amount of stuff that goes on with it. So, you know, it is good to see that there are quote unquote heroes out there that put the time in and give back and they're really personal and they've gone through the same journey that kind of you and I have gone through in terms of from school, going through the engineering career. So that was pretty cool. You also interviewed Dr. Samuel Clements, a professor at Syracuse University, where you went to school, about his role as a professor at the university and the things that he's done to help geotechnical engineers and students succeed. And I thought it was interesting. One of the things that he said, and I remember he said he talked about how when you start at a university, you need to kind of have a balance between teaching and research, which is something that you know I hear a lot about in terms of thinking about engineering professors and kind of their where they live in the industry. What do you remember? That must have been a cool episode for you being that you went to Syracuse and he was your professor, I believe, right? Yeah, he was. That was my uh, first introduction to geotechnical engineering. So it was pretty cool to uh, have him on the podcast. Sam Clemens is just an amazing man. Amazing man. He's a great engineer, great teacher, but just a really nice person. I like nice people. A really nice person. Before we bring him on an episode, I remember when I started in his class, I just didn't understand geotechnical engineering. The whole concept of soil mechanics was just like boring to me. I was like, get out of here. This is how it works. <laughs> and I remember um, being in his class and, and learning and then kind of like the light bulb comes on. Right. And I remember he just gave that smile. So he's like, yeah, you could do this. From the episode, I think that hearing some of the stories that he kind of hinted at in class, but was able to really flesh out as far as like some of the work that he did during his days in the Navy and the engineering involved with when you have to come up with something and you don't have all the materials. It's almost like real life MacGyver. I'm sure the listeners don't remember who MacGyver is, but uh, you know, trying to figure out how to work the problem, solve the problem, right? It was fascinating to me to kind of hear what it looked like for a professor that's been at a university for a very long time, that's planning to retire, but still comes back and does things. Like he kind of stood in when they were between chancellors and things of that sort. And he's kind of walking through that process. And again, for me, I'm listening and I'm sure listeners are, are hearing that it's okay to step outside of your comfort zone. It's okay. If you don't know how you're going to solve the problem, it's okay to raise your hand and say, okay, let's figure this out. And I appreciated that he was able to share some of those stories. And it was pretty cool in the, in the video to actually see some of the younger pictures of him growing up in, in some of those engineering projects. So again, I, I still consider myself early in my career, right? I'm 18 years in. And um, when I listen to somebody that's been in the profession for decades, I think, wow, there's still so much more I have to learn. There's still so much more I have to experience. And there's so many more challenges that I have to get through or, or get over or succeed in, you know, or overcome. So Looking forward to that, but it was great to have Dr. Clemens on. For those of you out there that may be interested in becoming a professor or teaching in any capacity, 
definitely check out the episode with Dr. Clemens because, you know, he really got into what goes into being a professor as an engineer, you know, the balance between the research and the teaching. It sounds like it could be an exciting journey. And Jaron, I know, and I think everyone out there listening knows that when you're an engineer and you go to school for engineering, you remember your professors, you work on big projects with them. They're a big part of your career going forward. I still remember my professors. I get emails and they're an important part of your career and you may want to do some teaching. And I think that'd be a great episode to check out. It's also cool with like a lot of the professors, they really appreciate when you stay in contact with them. Like Professor Clemens, he's a professor that I ended up for my capstone class. He's the one that led the capstone and with senior design with all different disciplines come together for the younger listeners. I still interact with him and I now am one of the judges for the capstone and I ask questions of the students. So to see it come full circle, it's just really cool. And professors appreciate that. Of course, the university appreciates that. But I think above all, the students appreciate when they see somebody that went to the program, went to the school, comes back and is spending some time helping them solve the problem. That's been really cool. So it was great to have him on the podcast. And he even showed you know, some of the initial freshmen learning how to design a bridge, build a bridge, and then you stand on the bridge and sometimes it collapses, sometimes it doesn't. And I would imagine for professors, it's kind of like, to use an analogy, it's, your students are kind of like your children in that you put them out into the world and you hope that you've given them a foundation to be successful. And so I would imagine hearing back from your students on what projects they're working on, the type of work they're doing has got to be really rewarding. I and mean, I would imagine that's the reason you know that they're doing it really, quite frankly. So it was nice to hear him talk about that. In another episode, Jared, you talked to Joanna Smith, an energetic, successful young woman that has such a passion for what she's doing. And she has a passion for diversity and inclusion. And again, we were reminded about the importance of diversity and inclusion in that episode with her. And I know you knew her leading up to the episode. Talk about her and your conversation with her. When we had that episode, I, I realized that when you bring somebody to podcast that you know, it's almost like you're able to have a conversation and then everybody else could be, I guess you say, a fly on the wall, right? They can hear two friends or two colleagues chatting. And it was just great to, number one, hear about some of the projects that she's working on because I met her in ASCE. I used to be the chair of the Metropolitan Section in New York City for GI, Geo Institute. And I remember her and another young lady came up to me very early in their career and just asked a few questions and we stayed in contact. Not necessarily mentor, mentee, but it's kind of like unofficial mentor, mentee, right? So it was cool for me to kind of hear the things that she had been working on because we kind of talk about engineering high level, but we were hearing about some of the projects she was working on in, in New York City. So that was cool. But it was also nice to hear some of the things she's doing outside of work with like non-for-profits that she started. Um, she was talking about an organization that it's like STEM and STEAM, so science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics, but teaching that to students through music. So it's like piano lessons coupled with like math extra help, right? It's like to tie those two together is pretty interesting. Again, just the different perspective. And I think that that is one of the really cool things about when you start talking about diversity and inclusion or inclusion and diversity, as some people say it. You know, if you have people that think differently, you have people that have different world experiences, different life experiences, and you all to come together in the same room to solve a problem, it's like, you're going to see the world differently. You're going, to, you're going to come up with things that are more creative and you may come up with, I, I like to believe, better solutions. So it was great to hear what she's doing to kind of move the needle in that regard. And I think it was a pretty cool episode, really nice conversation. Yeah. And I think what you said there is important and really probably even more important in the world of engineering, because you know we're constantly dealing with problems. We're constantly working on teams of people. And the more diverse these teams are, like you said, you know, you're going to get more different types of solutions maybe some more innovation from different people. 
we need people driving diversity and inclusion in all ways in the industry, but even as simple as a project meeting to you know broader company culture and diversity, inclusion, and people that are involved in different initiatives and in companies. So it was great to have her on. Great to see someone that's so young with that kind of energy doing those types of things. You know, we need more people like that, more and more engineers like that for sure. Jared, you also spoke with Karen Durham Aguilera. Really interesting interview, executive director. KDA, yes. Yeah, KDA, executive director at the Army National Military Cemeteries. Her job is obviously big time job working, doing the stuff that she does. And I joined you for the pre-call on that one. And, and, and she was like, as soon as she came on, you were like, this is a leader. You just knew the way that her approach, her demeanor, her tone, that she knew that she had a job as a leader in the industry and she was leading for sure. And she talked about leadership. She actually talked about the four C's of leadership, competence, commitment, courage, and caring. I was blown away by maybe the 10, 15-minute pre-call that we had her. I would imagine that you found that interview to be pretty interesting, to say the least. I remember when we, when we first talked, I was like, wow, she's so intense. Like, How's this going to work? And it was a great conversation. Learned a lot. And the four C's were powerful, right? She said competence. You know, if you don't understand what your field is about, you can't give direction. You can't help people to learn. It's like, what was it? Commitment, right? You also called passion. If you're not deeply committed, regardless of whether you're working or what you're doing, if you're not going to be happy, everyone around you is going to know it. I'm like, wow, this is the kind of stuff I wish I knew like 10 years ago, right? Courage. This involves taking a personal risk. It's able, being able to see another way or a new idea that makes sense and then being able to convince others to do it. And then it was caring. If you don't care about the people you're trying to lead, they'll know it. When we were looking to reach out to her to do an interview, I read her bio. I saw the position that she had and a responsibility. And I said, wow, I never would have imagined that a geotech would have this position. It's nothing against geotechs. You just think about geotechs. What can you do as a geotech? It's like you do projects, you manage projects, you manage people, you move climbing the ladder. But you could see that it wasn't even necessarily a pivot, but it was a pivot, right? She did something totally different, but there's still some relevance to geotechnical engineering for what it is that she's doing. So everything about KDA shows leadership. I was inspired, right? I want to be a leader. I've been called to serve as a leader. But you can see that some people would say there's levels to this, right? It's like really impressive. If you are a woman in the field and you want to look up to someone or listen to someone, a woman who has the utmost confidence in her abilities and, you know, is a leader. And I know, you know, my wife is a geotech engineer, as I mentioned earlier. And I know she's sometimes, you know, as a woman, you got to build confidence, you know, and sometimes when you're in a, in a male heavy industry, it could be a little challenging at times. That's episode number five, if you want to check that out, if you're listening at that point in time. And she was dynamite. And you know, like Jared said, a geotech engineer with a responsibility like that for the country is inspiring. And it's obvious in the interview that the way she's handling it, she's doing a wonderful job. And everyone that we talked to leading up to the interview was like, she's amazing. You got to talk to her. She's one of those people, when you meet them and you're around them, you don't forget them. Just the way she comes off and the way the command that she has in the room and in the podcast. So she was pretty awesome. So I got one more here for you, Jared. You spoke with Peggy Haggerty Duffy. She was 30 years old. She decided to start her own firm. And, you know, she wanted to do it because she kind of was a geotech. She was working for companies. She wasn't kind of aligned with the philosophies of these different companies. And she thought that some of these companies maybe put business decisions before engineering decisions. 
And she wanted to do it the other way around. And so she decided to start her own company. And I believe also you knew her prior to the interview. Talk about that conversation a little bit. Peggy is interesting. I knew of her because of a conference we did. We did a conference in Philly uh, some years ago, and she was one of the panelists that we selected. And I heard her name from the Deep Foundations Institute, but I hadn't met her. And through the panel, kind of saw her in action. So to see her on a podcast, we got to really talk. I got to know her. And actually, since that episode, I've seen her quite a bit in the industry. We actually worked on a conference together uh, in Texas. I think it was last year, uh, IFSI. And it's just like, my goodness, you're talking about someone who's going to do it their way. That's Peggy. <laughs> you know, when she's talking about how I can't remember the exact dollar amount, I think it was like $80.71 or something random like that. The money that she had when she was getting ready to start this company. And she did it, right? She's still in business and she's doing things her way. But like her decision to really focus in on the ethics. And in a lot of episodes, we have talked about ethics. People have brought it up in different fashions. And I think that's very important, especially for the younger listeners to know that, you know, if you're going into engineering, going into civil engineering, going into geotechnical engineering, whether or not you carry yourself in a way that's ethical, that's something that you have to decide every day that you get out of the bed and go to work and make decisions. She gave a number of examples of uh, the business decisions as far as her go, no go process, uh, projects that she would take, projects she wouldn't take decisions that she would make, decisions she wouldn't make, and how the engineering is important, but the ethics are almost even more important. I appreciate hearing that. And again, I always like to hear, and a lot of people ask this because you know, as a young engineer in school, you start thinking, wow, after I get my PE, technically I could start my own company and I can do this my way, right? But to hear somebody that has done it, I think there's something that's pretty cool about that. Not to take from very big firms, but to hear somebody at a smaller firm talking about how they've done it, right? And how they've been successful and how they have grown as a leader in doing so. I think that that was something that was definitely very inspiring to me. I see Peggy a lot now through the Deep Foundations Institute, and I just appreciate her energy and her enthusiasm. They put together a video, I want to say it was probably about, maybe about a year and a half ago, showing geotechnical engineers that are associated with the Deep Foundations Institute, but geotechnical engineers that are females. And it's showing females in the field in the office and just talking about showing where they are within the industry. And I, I found that that was like super inspiring. And a lot of times when I talk to younger women that are going into engineering, I think about going to engineering, that's usually a link that, that I'll send them. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we could do this too. So I thought that was cool. And, and I say that's cool because I come to find out that Peggy was the one that was like instrumental in making that happen. And then she's got this blog, I think it's the underpinnings blog, her and uh, Helen Robinson, another good friend of mine. Actually, we got to get her on the show. And they talk about the industry, just things that happen in the industry from her perspective. And it's just really great. That episode, I think, was inspiring on a lot of levels. I think, first of all, just from the female perspective, I mean, right now, obviously, there's a lot of promotion um, and calling for more women in engineering. And she started her company. She was 30 years old, which was it wasn't yesterday. Let's put it that way. So she was getting out there and having that confidence as a female in the geotech world to start that company. And also just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, for those of you out there that are listening as a geotechnical engineer saying, hey, I want to start my own business, you got to check that episode out because she really talked about that whole process. That was inspiring you know, for someone to be able to take those risks, to go out there 
and start your own company and to still be doing it. And that was way back on episode seven. And you could check that out and you can really get some good inspiration from Peggy. Again, whether you're a woman in the geotech world or just someone who wants to start their own company, entrepreneurial geotechnical engineer. I'm going to throw one last one at you, which we didn't have on our list, but I know you'll be able to talk about a little bit because you had the opportunity to interview your good friend, Art Alzamora, who you've worked with for many years. I know you're really good friends with him. He's a colleague of yours. And he's just a very energetic. He's one of those people you're like, I don't know how he does everything that he does. And he seems to be kind of all over the place doing everything. Art, talk about the opportunity to get to kind of talk with him on the podcast atmosphere. It was interesting to see Art on a podcast because you think about anybody that knows Art. It's like, if you're going to talk to Art for five minutes, you're going to really talk to him for about a half hour because Art talks. (laughs) But when we start getting ready for it, it's like, I'm not going to say he was nervous, but I'm like, wow, okay, Art, the mic's on. Let's talk. Art is uh, a very good friend. We started around the same time as Lying In and our, our families know each other. And we've had a lot of fun over the years, but I think that as we have both kind of grown in our respective careers, it's kind of like we end up interfacing less, right? Because you have your team and you're responsible for different things in the firm. And then he's responsible for different things in the firm. And so we have running jokes that we would talk about, like even cross sections in industry, people, you know, clients that he's working with that I've never worked with clients that he's worked with. It's like, we don't end up in the same room. So somebody says, you know, are you guys the same person? So we kind of have that running joke. One of the things that was really cool about having Art on is that he, he really talked about time management because we were talking about how is it possible to do many things. I'd say Art was probably involved with kind of organizations outside of the firm and like on leadership levels way, way before me. And we were kind of fleshing that out in the episode. And I think one of the things that he was saying is just that, you know, we talk about how we don't have time to do things, but when you look at your time, you're doing an inventory where your time goes. A lot of times we waste a lot of time and it's okay to waste time if that's what you want to do, but don't waste time and then complain about how you don't have time to do things, right? (laughs) So I thought that was pretty cool. Just the concept of doing a time diary and just, I went to the kitchen to get a snack this many times. And if I add that up, it's like, whoa, I got to tighten that up a little bit. But I think that that's really important. We start talking about priorities and, and again, art's like very active in the firm, active in the industry, and he's active in his community and with his kids and stuff like that, his family. That is something that when you talk to younger engineers, actually not just engineers, professionals in general, a lot of times, especially with this generation, the concern is that I'm going to grow my career, but I want to have a life outside of what I'm doing in the nine to five or 10 to seven or whatever you want to call it. We're always working, right? Yeah, that might be one that folks should revisit just to take a look at how can you do a lot? And I found that in talking to Art, I was able to, to kind of think about what has worked for me. And I think that seeing where your time goes is is definitely something that's important because if we're wasting time, that means we can stop wasting time. But if we don't know we're wasting time, we're going to continue to waste time. I mean, Art's a great guy. I've also known him for a long time. He really is a leader in the field, you know, just like Jared is. They're both out there. They're doing a lot of stuff, meeting a lot of people. And the fact that they're friendly, they're colleagues, and they got to spend some time together was great. And, And to your point, I mean, listen, he's a productive guy. I know he has not a short commute to his office. So that I think has forced him in ways to be very productive and learn how to ramp up productivity. And I do remember him talking about that in the episode. And it's a great episode if you're someone who's busy, you're running around doing a lot of stuff, or he also gave some great advice for those, I would say, younger, recent grads looking to chart their career. He gave some great advice, I believe, around mentoring and things of that nature. So it's a great episode for that as well. That's episode number 19. So check that one out as well. So we got a lot of content out there. Yikes. 
Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's been a year, but I think the podcast has done very well. We've gotten tremendous feedback at EMI from people on the Geotech podcast because it's one of those things where it's a field where there's technical topics that need to be covered and need to be put out there because geotech engineers need to keep up on them. But also we have that forum where, you know, Jared can reach out to a leader in the field and talk about career development or leadership in the geotech world. So it really provides a good platform for both technical and professional development. And I will say if you're a listener and you have ideas for a guest or you're working on a really interesting project and you want to come on the podcast and talk to Jared about it, or your manager or leader of your company you think would make a great guest, just reach out to us. Go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Just click the contact button, put the information in. We'll get back to you. You know, We're always looking for good and interesting projects to feature on the episodes and for professionals out there. So Jared, I'm going to turn this one back over to you to close it out, but I just you know want to say thank you on behalf of, I think, EMI and all the listeners. I know it's a lot of time that you put in on the podcast, but I'm glad you said yes to it. We've got a number of awesome episodes and I hope that we've got many more to come. And I think that the show is just going to continue to reach more and more geotechs and we're helping them. And one last thing I'll mention is that I remember we had a couple of comments on some of the YouTube episodes where people said, you know, I listened to this episode and now I'm thinking about doing geotech engineering. And to me, that's awesome because that's where you get to a point where I think we're helping a lot of geotechs progress in their careers. And then maybe we're also making other engineers think about, or, you know, engineering students think about becoming geotechnical, which I think is the power of putting good content out there. So thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. And I hope we have many more episodes to go. Thanks for the opportunity. This has been a lot of work, but a lot of fun. When you said that, I'm thinking about, there's a professor I know that that listens and he was like, oh yeah, I usually listen to the episodes during my runs. And I'm like, really? Wow. How cool is that? You know? But no, this has been a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to continuing. I'm looking at the lineup. We got some really good episodes uh, coming, some more conversations I'm looking forward to. And hopefully we get some more feedback from folks for things that they want. Like I remember when you when we first started, I was, I was over a year ago, we were saying, you know, this is a podcast. You really want to serve the people. So when folks say that there are certain things we want, we want to find a way to, to provide that for them. So again, Anthony, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for all that you're doing at EMI. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for coming on the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. It's great. You betcha. Thanks again, man. Thanks for doing it. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please feel free to go to geotechnicalengineeringpodcast.com where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, that being episode 31, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, we wish you the very best in all your geotechnical engineering endeavors. Peace. The Geotechnical Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the host and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineers, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.